The Lord be with you. A reading of the Holy Gospel according to John. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning, and while it was still dark, and saw that the stone was removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloth there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there, and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived in the tomb first, and he saw and he believed, for they did not yet understand the scripture, that he had risen from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. Please be seated. First of all, I want to welcome all of you who are our guests on this beautiful Easter morning. Morning our Lord rose, and the Lord has just given us a wonderful morning and beautiful worship. When we started this week, this whole week, this whole theme has been, a lot can happen in seven days. So if you watch the news this week, you probably saw these pictures that on Monday, the famous Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris had quite a fire. I'm just curious, anybody here, have you ever visited Notre Dame? Anybody? A few of you? Okay. Well, you are blessed for that. I personally have never been there or seen it, but even from the pictures, one of the things you can tell is that it was beauty unmatched. Here's a picture, for example, of the rose window. You look at this artistic ingenuity that human beings have, and you realize this is the creator in all of us. And then you have the immediate calls we've heard this week to rebuild. And I think that says volumes about the human spirit, about our hope and our determination, perseverance and eternal optimism. God put all of those things in our hearts. But as this happened in Holy Week, we also can't help but realize or or maybe think about that it kind of seemed a little bit like an eerie omen also, didn't it? The faith and the cultural milieu a millennium ago that built Notre Dame, that all burned down a long time ago. The French, like most of Europe, may tour, but they rarely attend their gorgeous cathedrals for worship. And we Americans are not far behind. You may not be able to tell it from this morning, but there was a recent Gallup poll that also came out this week suggesting that religious commitment in America is in steep decline. You see, the faith in God which built all of Western society, including our morals and our ethics, all of that has been in ashes for quite some time. Notre Dame was built as a holy place to worship and to encounter God. And if you're listening to the voices that call for it to be rebuilt, notice that they are mostly motivated now by the socio-political symbolism of the place. The need for human achievement, we're going to do this and rebuild it, it has 
Not much to do with God. And no doubt it will be rebuilt, I'm sure. But will there be a resurrection? Very early in his ministry, Jesus was asked to give a sign. And he said these words, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, It's taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this. With his death on Good Friday, that magnificent temple in Jerusalem was no longer needed. As we heard last week on Palm Sunday, the Romans would come about 40 years later simply to finish the work of burning it down, and it would never be rebuilt. This is just a model of what we think it looked like. The place to meet and worship God is not in a building, not in a temple in Jerusalem or a cathedral in Paris or even here in our own church. The body of Jesus is now the temple. Because you see, in his body, God dwells. That divine human body offered on the cross is literally the nexus of our reconciliation. If we want to meet, and if we really truly want to know God, then we have to find the body of Jesus. But on this Easter morning, that body could not be found. Eventually, as you read on in the Gospels, though, of course, Jesus does appear to Mary Magdalene and to Peter, the disciples. We hear later about how he appeared to St. Paul and over 500 people. And yet, risen from the dead, Jesus is now different. We say that he is glorified. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, or the young man in the little town of Nain, or the daughter of Jairus, well, they simply came back to this earthly life, resuscitated but they would all someday die again. Jesus on this Easter Sunday morning is not resuscitated. The temple is not merely rebuilt in three days. He is raised up. He is resurrected. He's not simply returning to earthly life. No, there is a new life, a heavenly life that is breaking into this world. He's now beyond the limitations of earthly time and earthly space. He appears, and then he disappears, and then he enters into rooms, and he didn't even go through the door. His friends are able to touch him, and he eats with them. He's not a ghost. He is not the hopeful imagination of their minds. And above all, he is beyond death, never to die again. His immortal divinity now fully penetrates and permeates his body. The obvious lesson of Notre Dame this week is that nothing we construct in this world, whether it is our cathedrals or our careers, all of our human projects will return to ash. We will return to ash. Isn't that how we started our Lenten journey? On Ash Wednesday, with ashes on our heads saying, Remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. But in Jesus, and on Easter, 
we meet a love that is stronger than death. This is God's will and his desire for us. It's to live and to be resurrected ourselves, our souls, but also our bodies. We will not merely be resuscitated. We will be resurrected on that last day. It it will be us. It will be us. It will be our bodies, but now we too will be glorified. Now we will be be beyond the limitations of space and time and even death itself. Our bodily resurrection will occur when the Lord and the giver of life, the Holy Spirit, will fully permeate every cell in our bodies and fill us completely with His immortal, divine life. And yet, even as we're waiting for that glorious day to come, His resurrection is already taking effect on us. You see, Jesus broke into this earthly life with his resurrection. And there are moments in this life, and and maybe even for some of us right here this morning, where it seems like everything burns down around us and is reduced to ashes. The mistake that we make is to think that all we need to do is simply pick up and rebuild that all we really need to do is some renovating, some revamping and improvements, and then we can kind of go on with life. No, my friends, what we need is a resurrection. I'd like you to take a look at what took place last night at our Easter Vigil. It was an absolutely beautiful moment. But that, my friends, in the waters of baptism is a death and a resurrection. When we go into our baptism, we die with Christ. When we come out of our baptism, we rise with Christ. I'd like you to take a look at this picture, one of them that was taken after the Notre Dame fire. And notice what still remains in the midst of all the rubble and the ashes. It's the cross that still shines brightly. That is the way. It is the only way. It is through the cross and into our resurrection. Now, for those of you here this morning who may be like, what in the world are you talking about? And how does getting dunked in water do this to us? I would love to talk to you about that. So would Pastor Davis. If that's you and you're saying, what is this all about? Then when we fill out those little cards, write a note, drop it in the basket, and we'd be happy to talk with you more. But here as Christians is what we fundamentally believe, is that in baptism the Holy Spirit breaks into our ashy, smoldering lives and He makes something new out of us. As Paul would say, it is Christ who lives in me. I no longer live, it is Christ who lives in me. It means that my choices, my priorities in life, my morals, my values, my whole life is Jesus now living in me, resurrecting me. Like Peter and John and Mary Magdalene, this morning we go looking for the body of Jesus on this resurrection day. And we do it so that we can meet God because Jesus is the temple, the place where you meet God. And He is the temple now raised on the third day. And we, we will find Him. Because you see, His crucified and His risen body 
are about to be given to us in this Eucharist, you will receive him. Do you know what that makes of you, my friends? It makes you a temple. It turns you into a cathedral, a place where God dwells. And perhaps, perhaps that is the greatest lesson of this past week. That even our most gorgeous masterpieces like Notre Dame, they all pale in comparison with God's great masterpiece. You and me, raised with Christ on this, the resurrection day. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah.